We are going to be talking about, yeah, music festivals uh, for this week's music news. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot to talk about in terms of music news uh in the festival space, at least, for the last little bit. Uh, uh, however, as I did mention at the top of the show, there is a, a sense of optimism at the moment uh, in Australia more generally, uh, especially when you're looking at around the world and how terrible uh, it is in a lot of other countries. We seem to have done very, very, very well, which is great and a very a testament to, to, to us and how good we've been at socially distancing and elbowing each other and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> waving from a distance. And Yeah, no, I think we have done well. So, I think definitely comparative to other countries. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we could have perhaps done some things a little bit sooner. But Certainly. But the end result has been quite good. And as a result of that, there are now talks that music festivals could perhaps be returning. Yeah, well, people are at least trying to envision what, uh, what, what music festivals may look like in the COVID era, uh, which, as you can understand, a music festival being a collection of thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, uh, all jumping around together, bumping shoulders. You know, you've literally There's got 2,000 people screaming into like one square meter um a lot of sweat a lot of bodily fluids yeah. you know and then if you're a camping festival you've got people camping next to each other um all this kind of stuff so as you can imagine it's uh, a very tricky one to negotiate and uh the abc actually have reported that in terms of restrictions easing and this is um backed up by what we did see in terms of the uh, the announcement on Friday is the, the three-stage easing of lockdowns that is planned. Uh, it's going to be kind of in reverse, which doesn't wouldn't come as a surprise to many people. So, you know, you might remember that uh, large gatherings such as music festivals and music gigs were the first to uh, be cut uh, as the crisis worsened. Uh, it looks like they will be the last or one of the last to uh, be allowed to return. Um, it's one of those things, I guess, there's always talks of, you know, Australian sports making a return, the NRL, AFL, A-League, you know, all the sports in Australia talking about wanting to return, obviously because there's a financial gain for everyone involved in the sport. And, you know, some clubs might not be able to continue going without without actually playing a sport, without the ticket revenue, the TV rights, money coming in, etc. And uh, music festivals would be no different. They'll be looking at the sports going, well, if you can have rugby players tackling and jumping all over each other and fans sitting next to each other and jumping up and down and singing and mm. chanting and whatever else, why can't we have patrons of our music festival doing the exact same thing? Definitely. And the industry has, has a right to feel pretty hard done by in this instance. I mean, we've seen rescue packages uh, thrown out in every direction, um, bailouts to airlines, um, to business, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, uh, rightly so, the public has been bailed out in a sense or supported as they should be uh, during this. But the arts industry, uh, which often relies on a lot of kind of freelancing work casual jumping between multiple employers etc etc means a lot of those people have found it very hard to jump on job keeper or even job seeker at times too uh and the the general industry rescue package that we've seen so far has only been from the state government uh well at least in this state sorry has been from uh new south wales government has only amounted to about 28 million dollars which when you're looking at the other figures that are being thrown around is measly and nowhere near enough to actually support this industry through the mm. crisis and the risk that we actually face here is that um for the longer that this drags on 
and we and, and and as we're about to look out we're not quite sure how long it will drag on for in terms of the music industry and music festivals a lot of people who have made careers in this industry are going to be unable to continue to do so so they're going to look elsewhere uh, to make their money and once you've made a career change you know a year however long down the track when everything returns you're unlikely to see these people after going through all that effort to switch back to where they were so we're looking at the potential if things aren't managed better a mass exodus of some very good minds and some very good operators from the music industry and the festivals that we know and love we might not even see in a post-covid world in a world with a vaccine which is a pretty of a, a scary thought um so that's something to consider when you when when as, as a music lover if you do love these festivals um it, it is important to to use that voice that you have where you can to try and support a, a bit more support for these guys uh but we will talk, I digress, we will talk about about what we're looking at in terms of a potential timeline for music festivals returning. Now, there's been a lot of mixed things bumping around. Now, uh, basically, we know some festivals are going to be pushing ahead with dates still for later this year, um, despite a lot of uncertainty on how you would actually safely mingle people and also no vaccine uh, being, they're not predicting there's going to be any vaccine. Uh, by that point for the virus we're looking into 2021 uh for 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 a vaccine um so what we know now is that the biggest music festival in the country by far and probably the most favorite splendor in the grass is still planning uh to to push ahead with dates in october now the festival is usually held in july they postponed it once things started getting pretty hairy uh to to an october spring edition uh and the website does currently state that it's going to go ahead with the same lineup, which includes international headliners like The Strokes, um, Tyler the Creator, as well, um, and this is despite borders currently being closed to all non-citizens. So, well, that's the thing. Not, not with music festivals, you know, they can say we want to push ahead for this date. We're going to go ahead at this, but at the end of the day, if the health authorities or the government, you know, there are still restrictions in place which prevent that from happening. There's nothing they can do about it. Exactly, and this is what we've seen as well with the NRL, for example. They yep had their plans but you know when they first made their plans the authorities were sending out going well you can do it but we, we might not allow it and we have seen some hiccups along that road although it does look like they're going to get it happening uh but basically yeah it, it's interesting and we haven't heard much since that rescheduling from spender in the grass about um how the event might look what they're planning where they're at at the moment um and to be honest the the more this drags on, even though we're doing well in this country, it is harder to imagine something going ahead in October. Um, however, you know, I have a ticket to it, so I'm still <laughs> holding out hope that that's going to be okay. But, of course, we only want to go, people only want to go if it's safe to it's do so. It's one of those things where we're only doing so well because we are social distancing and we are limiting interaction. Yeah, indeed. If you open up a festival like this and all it will take is one, potentially two people, could be asymptomatic to still be carrying the disease just yeah. multiply that by how many people would be at that festival and it's another outbreak it is and there's been interesting arguments thrown around in terms of like maybe where they're the best places to actually encourage a small spread of the virus in order to create some kind of herd immunity because the healthiest members of society are there um but that i don't know how that stacks up in a health sense i've just seen it said <laughs> so you know i don't think it's a very realistic proposition but there are people out there pushing arguments like that now um a more realistic, perhaps, approach, we'll wait and see what happens with Splendor in the Grass. Maybe they're going to change things. Maybe it will be possible. But a more realistic approach is what we've seen from Falls Festival, which is actually run by the same 
group um and that is of course held over new year's eve now they announced on wednesday uh that it was gonna they were gonna move forward uh with optimism they said uh and have a all australian lineup uh as part of which which obviously overcomes that big international hurdle um if we're doing well in this country then it surely would be okay to have artists sure they'd have to get there they'd have to quarantine they'd have to be tested or whatever um, we're looking from around the country into one place another six or seven months away yeah and so that's a very long time as we know or a short time depending on how <laughs> time's feeling for you at the moment on the scale of things yeah and so lost paradise on the central coast has, al- has also uh, hinted that they're going to look at a similar approach. They have every intention of going ahead. They're going to run an all Australian lineup, and we're going to see what happens. Falls, interestingly, is looking at also raising money for Support Act, which is that awesome charity that we've spoken a lot about on the show that uh, uh, supports uh, everyone involved in music and music touring, um, all the way down to the roadies, which is uh, really, really good too. So their two approaches that do seem uh, like they could have more legs especially being six seven months away and as well as that an all-australian lineup one it's awesome for the australian music economy because you've got australian artists and australian festivals with australian patrons you would think 90 at least 90 percent especially given the restrictions but as well as that it does allow them or rather prevent the issue of international travel perhaps being an issue like we could see at Splendor. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, obviously the Australian music industry needs all the help it can get at the moment. So it does make sense that, you know, let's just keep Australians spending money on Australian music and, yeah, help them out, Um, which which is a very, very good thing. And the Support Act thing is really, really good too. Uh, It also might well translate into cheaper ticket prices for punters because you're not having to pay the exorbitant fees of big international acts uh and then also their flights and their accommodation and their stay in australia so you're potentially looking at a lot cheaper tickets so it's got this really good flow and effect in terms of a win-win-win for everyone and Mm. i think um given the circumstances there's not a soul out there that would be unhappy with an all-australian lineup i think everyone would be stoked as we know on this show there's no shortage of amazing australian talent out there that could fill those bills uh, in a heartbeat um which is really good now these are the plans from the festivals however the 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 prediction from the experts in terms in the, in the medical side of things is slightly different and maybe isn't as heartening um so Australia's Chief Medical Officer Brendan Murphy uh, has said that social measure, uh, social distancing measures, sorry, uh, are likely to remain in place until there's a vaccine. Um, and as we mentioned before, that's consistently been uh, estimated to be about 12 to 18 months away. Maybe we're a couple of months in. Maybe it's like 10 to 16 months away. <laughs> if it makes you feel a bit better. Um, and uh, a virologist from the University of Queensland, Ian Mackay, has said uh, that it would be a mistake, basically, to have gatherings of hundreds or thousands of people uh, until there was a vaccine. There's also this whole idea of social distancing, which is something that we expect to see in place for some time, 1.5 metres away from each other. How you do that in a festival is really, really, really challenging, like near impossible. Well, the only other solution that has I've seen on online was somewhere in... Where was it? It was it was a Danish Denmark? musician in yeah. somewhere somewhere in Denmark. It was like a drive-in concert. People stayed in their cars. The cars were parked at a distance, and then he performed 
to people in their parked cars. It's <laughs> like a drive-in cinema, but for music. I would go to that. <laughs> Perhaps that could be a future. And I think particularly at the moment, people are just so deprived and desperate for live music. I mean, we see it happening all the time, like the isolated festivals and people going live on Instagram, just as an example. Um, and just people thrilled that people are playing live music so mm. perhaps a drive-in festival could perhaps work it maybe maybe i mean you wouldn't be able to have mosh pits otherwise everyone's cars would be damaged or death spiral or, or yeah, anyway, yeah, anything a, like that it's all demolition derby but um you know perhaps that is a way for the future yeah and and and, and uh, it's it's an option and the health experts are saying you know it's it, it's probably not going to be that likely or or it would have to be strange and then the other thing you have to kind of consider in this debate is if we were allowed to have a festival what that festival would look like so maybe everyone who goes has to be tested or temperature Mm. tested or everyone has to have the covid app for example on their phone or they're actively walking around the festival grounds policing social distancing or the campsite setup is very different, or you know, you're, you're having to go through a series of checkpoints, or the food vendors would have to have screens up, or something like that. that there are a lot of things to consider. Logistically, it would that be- they wouldn't have had to this time last year would have wouldn't even been thought. No, and yeah, so logistically, it's it seems like quite a challenge. And, and then what you also wonder uh, with all that is, would that really detract from the experience of the festival itself? So, if you're trying to watch your favourite band. And you're up front of stage and there's, you know, 10 coppers and 10 security guards around you making sure that you don't take a step too close to the person in front of you. Mm. You know, it kind of, that kind of flies in the face of the whole point of festivals, you know, where you can just go dance around, feel free, express yourself, not care. You know, I I mean, in this state, the police (laughs) have been making that very hard for a while. But if you know what I mean, it's, 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 it kind of goes against the very essence of it, if that's what we're going to have to do. And it, I think it's as well, like just from my my own experiences at, at gigs and festivals and things like that, you're in one spot at the start of the show and at the end you're in a completely different spot. Like that's just the way jumping up and down and enjoying music works. Yeah, yeah. But if you're towards the back and you have a bit more room, it is actually a lot more pleasant. Yeah. Because you can kind of space out, you're not up against other sweaty people. And yeah. So perhaps it'll be a more pleasant festival experience in a weird sort of yeah, way yeah maybe maybe like i suppose it all depends on what kind of music attend festival attendee yeah. you are i mean yeah, there's <laughs> always the one up there with their shirt off trying to crowd surf and there's always the people back on the hill sitting there and watching and enjoying it'd it it'd be too. less of a crowd surf and more of like a shot put <laughs> of the artist or a person <laughs> yeah. like that but um that's the main part of the music news we're talking about tonight the other part we just want to touch on briefly is a bit of an update from what we spoke about last week so last week we spoke about Bandcamp waiving their fees uh, for for all purchases on their store. So obviously they host CD sales, merch sales, etc., uh, and they would obviously take a bit of a cut because it's being hosted on their page. But to try and help support Australian music and the artists, um, they did decide to waive those fees, and they are going to do that. I think it's the first Friday of every month from here on out yeah they are that's that's the plan so far we're already two in uh and the first one i think it was the most it was the most fruitful i guess yeah. so like the, the best the, the most money that the side had ever seen yep. was put in on that one day i think it was about four or five million dollars and what we saw with the last one was that it was seven million dollars last friday which is really really good and that of course goes directly to the artist uh 
Bandcamp are waiving their cut of it, which is really good uh, of them, and it's a really good time for you to jump on there and support your artists. However, it's worth noting that every day is also really yeah. good to go support your artists. I mean, they're still going to get a cut of the money you spend on Bandcamp whenever. But if you had been planning on making any purchases, then um, make it then. So the next dates that we will see this are Friday, the 5th of June, and the uh, 3rd of July. Friday the 3rd of July. So they're the two dates you need to remember if you missed out like me on the first two <laughs> um, and really want to go and support your favourite artists uh, uh, coming up over the next couple of months. A really good way to support the music industry. And as I said before, Support Act is a great charity to donate to if you're in a position to do so at the moment and you care about Australian music to 